You're listening to the Homeschooling Families Podcast by Teach Them Diligently. Welcome! Every week, we bring you simple answers to help your homeschool family thrive. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. There have been a lot of changes in the homeschool community since we first started Teach Them Diligently in 2011, and my guest today is excellently equipped to talk about one of those changes, as increasingly we're seeing moms who are having to balance both working and homeschooling and trying to figure out if it's even possible to do both. I first met today's guest at our very first Teach Them Diligently event in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and I've been privileged to see her many times since then. She's been faithfully homeschooling for a long time and has had many roles and worn worn many hats in addition to that to go along the way. Jen Hoskins is a mom of nine. She's homeschooled for nearly two decades, graduating two so far. She also works full-time in technology, serves her local church, and creates parenting slash homeschooling content on TikTok. You're not going to want to miss what she has to say. The Teach Them Diligently podcast is made possible in large part by the support of our sponsors. We're grateful for like-minded organizations who are committed to serving homeschooling families by partnering with us through the year. Today's podcast is brought to you by Alpha Omega Publications. 42, sorry, 45 years ago, AOP began its mission to educate, inspire, and change lives through curriculum that promotes academic excellence and Christian values. Today, they're proud to be part of the homeschool journey and countless memories for thousands of families. Discover the benefits of a Christian homeschool education and learn more about AOP's award-winning homeschool options today at aop.com or call them at one 800 622-3070. Again, you can find all of their information at aop.com or by giving them a call at 1-800-622-3070. Now, let's dive right into our discussion about working and homeschooling with Jen Hoskins. Jen, welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so thankful to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, you are welcome. You have such an interesting body of experience. Like the way that God has led you is is kind of mind-blowing. So before we dive in and start looking really practical at working and homeschooling and all of these things that God has allowed you to do, tell us some of your story because I think that that'll be really helpful to see where you're coming at these different topics of organization and balance and all of these things that we'll get to eventually. Sure, sure. Yeah, I didn't know I was going to end up a homeschooler, a large family mom, a working mom, any of these kinds of things. It's just kind of evolved as time has gone on and things have popped up. And um, I I started my homeschooling journey because my oldest son had apraxia. Uh, He was diagnosed with apraxia. We were trying to get him special services when he was like two and three and struggling. And they kept just telling me, enroll him in school and they can do it. Well, at the same time, his um, speech therapist just kept telling me, you know, what, what, what I teach you in speech therapy, you need to implement at home. And so I couldn't figure out how a therapist at school was going to give him therapy that I needed to replicate at home. And so I kind of fought through that and they were just, there was such a, you just put them in school, we'll handle it. And I was like, I, it made me kind of like that, like, no, that's my baby. Give him back. I don't want to be in a tug of war with you. And so, Hmm. um, I ended up keeping him home. We did private, um, therapies trying to fix it. And, and we worked with developing speech, um, 
a sign language as like a secondary language while he was working on verbal. And um, my second son had come along at that point, And I realized that the, he was not going to be um, an easy child. Um, he's now currently Marine. Um, so any Marine is born a Marine. You just have to survive raising them until you can yeah. drop them off a pair. <laughs> and, um, and then I found out he was dyslexic. And so I was like, well, the school system, I've seen what they've done with apraxia. We're definitely not doing this with dyslexia. Hmm. Um, and I didn't want all the titles. And I didn't want all that. So I, I, it started just because I wanted to make sure that there was going to be the right level of therapies, right level of education, customized to my kids, not realizing that uh, there was a whole herd of children behind them. And at this point, I wasn't even a Christian. I, wow. I, didn't, I didn't believe in Jesus. I mean, I kind of believed in Jesus, but I didn't like... There was no like all in for Jesus. And um, I, when I was 27, then I, I became convicted. God showed me my sin. And I was like, oh, no, I don't. We get let's get rid of that. I need more Jesus, less of me. And um, hmm. and sure enough, he, he saved me. Um, and so at that point, I had my two boys and the Lord started putting on my heart, like have, have another baby. And I was like, OK, what? No, I don't think I want to do that. I have two. We're OK. And so. Sure enough, I, I, I said, sure, that's a great idea. And very quickly ended up with my daughter. And um, and then it was just one more and just one more. And we just kind of added them along um, and just started homeschooling from the get-go. And I realized around, around number four, number five is homeschooling is not something that we do when they start school age. They start learning the second they're born. And it's just that we never outsource their education to somebody else. It's the most natural progression of motherhood that that I was able to find for my kids. And so I, as time went on, life went on, um, you know, we met at, you know, a convention and I, you know, been around in the homeschool world, blogging and, and videos and that kind of stuff for a while. And about five years ago, the Lord um, was like, and I... <laughs> I was pretty staunchly against uh, working homeschool moms and any I've learned anytime you're staunchly against something, God's <laughs> like, um, you're going to do that now. And so exactly. I was like, I, that's not possible. Well, I found out it is. And so five years in, he moved me into this career in tech, which is not my background. I don't even have a degree. Um, and so he he ended up like kind of giving me this option of, of going back to work full time and still homeschooling. And so at that point, most of my kids curriculum, I put in their hands as much as possible, that idea of self-responsibility and accountability yeah. and that grit mindset and determination. And so I, I did that and um, really kind of perfected it. And then the world shut down with the pandemic. And um, I realized I, I wanted to start creating content again and TikTok was there and I started creating TikTok and people started asking me about homeschooling and large family. And I started sharing and I realized, oh, I guess the reason that I ended up having to go back to work is because there were a lot of other people who were in the same boat and they didn't have anyone to guide them through the process. So my experience, um, plus the fact that I was still in the trenches doing it and figuring out as I went, uh, has given me the, the privilege of being able to speak into a new generation of moms um, and dads helping them navigate what it looks like to work and homeschool and, and not lose your mind. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that is, that's honestly become one of the biggest questions that I get because the realities, you know, with, for a myriad of reasons, the inflation, the fact that a lot of people didn't sign up for this from the very beginning. So they weren't, they weren't looking for homeschooling initially, you know, just all of these different reasons, there are more and more and more, 
families where both parents are working. And so the the fear that they can't navigate it, the fear that there's no way to do it, the fear that they can't do both well or either well because they're too divided. I, I actually love what you noted back when you were telling about your son uh, and that initial you know, therapy and school system and that tug of war, I think that we see that tug of war that you talked about showing up in a lot of areas where if we allow these different things to direct our lives rather than our mission, you know, our my primary goal, your primary goal was making sure the best happened for your child. Yeah. And so when we focus on that, focus on going for the hearts of our children, that sort of thing, that tug of war really dissipates. And I, I think that it makes things possible that we don't think are possible otherwise. Absolutely. 100% agree. Um, I think that, I think there was a, a long time where school, like the traditional school system didn't have as much of that tug of war of, of just completely outsourcing. Well, now there seems to be this great burden that's on parents when their kids are in school. And I, you know, and, and, and you know, mm-hmm. I, I I joked the other day in a TikTok about how, you know, whenever I'm having a bad day, people are like, well, just put your kids in school. And I'm like, that's so much work. You have to keep up yeah. with the teachers. You don't know what curriculum they're using. You don't know what homework's coming home. So you have to still homeschool them for their homework. So you're already doing that same amount of work. You you don't know any of the influences around them. You don't know if they're getting that healthy version of socialization in the real world or if they're getting some manufactured version that's not real. I mean, if right. I remember working in the office and everybody being being like, this feels like a fake version of being social. Like we're forced to be friends. And, and like, you know, yeah. and, the, and I was like, oh, well, it's like exactly what the school system is. <laughs> You're, it's forced association right. perceived to be socialization. And if we have to work on those boundaries in the office, in the corporate world, that's kind of being birthed out of the traditional school system. Whereas when we're home, um, and I know that I, I have the privilege of being able to work from home now. I, I'm no longer in an office, which is one of the perks of the pandemic. Uh, switched gears and brought me back here full time. Um, but I, you know, I, even still, I want my children to be able to understand how to function healthy um, in in right. the real world, so that if they're ever stuck in that world, that then they can. And so, going back to the idea that the, the this workload that's on parents, if we can take that burden that the school system's putting on them and instead give them the freedom and the tools to be able mm. to see their children thrive at home, um, what what better privilege is there than, than giving them that freedom back to really truly spend time and treasure their kids again? Right. Oh, absolutely. And with the burdens that you were talking about, we're also beholden to their schedule. We're beholden to sending our kids off early until, you know, if they have practices or after school activities or whatever, until about dinner time before we even start the homework and all the excess stuff that we're trying to do. So <clears throat> it really truly has become much easier, in my opinion, to navigate working and homeschooling your kids than working and sending them off and then just homeschooling them in the evenings. 100%. Which is I, like, I yeah, like you said, what you're doing practically anyway. Yeah. I, I feel badly for the parents who don't see the alternatives. And that's what I'm trying mm-hmm. to help people see is, is, is homeschool is not the solution for everything. Like it, we can't just go that this is the solution for everything, but it, it, it creates 
less tension. It creates less struggles. It creates less, mm. it, it, it helps form bonds between parents differently and their children. And, and it encourages parents to see, like, I'm all about finding my blind spots. Like, I, I just think that all of us walk around with blind spots and we need those mirrors to be able to see our blind spots. And our children are great mirrors at showing us yes, our blind they spots. Yes, they are. <laughs> and, taught, and you have a child whose behavior is terrible. They learned that somewhere. And if they learned that from you, what a, a, a privilege to be able to go, oh, they learned it from me. And then, then, then you have the opportunity to change that. And, and having mm. more interactions with your kids, it allows that. But if they're off with somebody else or, or multiple people all day long and they have these behaviors, it may not be that it was you that it caught from. So you're not getting the benefit personally, but you still have the detriment of trying to correct that character in your children when they are right. with you. And, and so there just ends up being all these wild cards where it, you don't get as much personal growth as a parent um, when your children aren't there with you to be these little mirrors. Well, yeah. And on top of that, you're you're dealing with the the fear really that comes from having to undo whatever was done there whatever influences like you alerted alluded to earlier whatever things were taught that would go against your values or your belief system or your worldview or whatever there's there's so much additional stress that we're adding to our lives when we're sending our children off the way that that the education system has evolved it it's no longer a wonderful tool for parents. It really has positioned itself to where it's almost combative to parents a lot of times. And that makes this struggle or this balance within our lives between work and, and education even more tense and more difficult. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm a big... Uh proponent of the idea that like indoctrination is just one threaded thinking. Um, education is teaching all of the different things and then extracting yeah. why you believe that certain way. And I think teachers should, and for a long time did teach out of that, but now they're just kind of teaching whatever way. So you're in a wild card of whatever the teacher at the front of the classroom truly believes. And that may be great. That right. may be completely contrary to what you think, but you don't know where those blind spots are. So when my children are home with me or we're walking through the world, world or interacting with people because I have a very we have a very diverse group of people that we hang out with and so I want them to be able to see because the Bible talks about blessed are the peacemakers and if you're a peacemaker you hmm. can be among people who don't think the same as you and get along yep. with them and meet them at that point without compromising yourself and I want them to be able to watch that because that's what discipleship is and without that level of discipleship you know, once you've outsourced it to school, you're outsourcing the discipleship of your children too. And you don't know if they're just moving in this this single threaded indoctrination idea. Um, and, and even if it is the same, it can be the exact same convictions and the exact same everything that you believe. But if it doesn't expand beyond that worldview, they only know one thing. That's not an education. An education is being able to look at everything, chew the meat, spit out the bones, know where you're convicted. Yeah. That, that we all have mandatory reading for our kids before they graduate. And my two big ones are Thinking Toolbox and Fallacy Detective. Because I just think mm. both of them dig down and create thinkers. Don't be scared of information. Dig down into the information, learn the information, and it never hurts you to throw out everything you think and relearn it. Because one of two things is going to happen. You're either going to be corrected or you're um, going to be more convicted. And so with that idea for you know parents who are outsourcing their kids' education, they're not able to give them that same level that the way they could if they were hands-on. It doesn't mean it's impossible. It's just... Yeah so much harder, especially if you're looking at working and the busyness of households. It's, 
it's just far easier to have a little bit more management on on how that education is playing out. Well, exactly. And honestly, there are so many options for how you manage their education, too, which we can talk about later if we have time. But I want to get into some of the the nitty gritty, the really practical elements of, of things that you've learned through the years about working and homeschooling. Um, you know, because I'm sure you get bombarded with questions about, you know, is it possible? What does it look like? How did you find a job? All of these things. But but first of all, I want to know, just before we even talk about finding a job or anything else, I, I think that you've made a really good case already for the fact that homeschooling is necessary. It's a great idea. It actually takes a lot of stress off. Working in homeschooling is actually possible. But how do you manage your day? How do you approach your days to really make this possible? So the big thing that I think is that we are giving 100% of our lives 24-7 as parents. There is no turning off certain parts and turning on certain parts. Um, and, and we as women are able to manage that a little bit more than men because there's different thought processes um, just with the way that our brains work. But we are truly 24-7 present in our homes. Uh, and even when I did work in the office, my children knew I was still only a phone call away because home was my priority and home is always my priority. I think that's what any working parent should see is that, yes, it is important to be able to make money and be able to feed and water the small humans that we have around us. But it is still a, a very much a priority to make sure that you are a hands-on parent, even if you're not present. And I have friends who are hairdressers and, and, and other outside the home jobs, but their priority is if my children need me, I go. And they set that expectation with their employer. So they're that having that idea that you are going to be going 24-7, just knowing that fact makes it a little bit more simple. Because even when your children go to school, there is a 24-7 aspect to it. So keep rolling that back over into your home, going with that mentality of we need to give it our all because these are the only years we have with our kids. Um, that that's the kind of setting the the page of we do need to figure out where our priorities are scheduling the day we need to figure out where our priorities are curriculum wise meal prep wise or whether we have outside help i mean as time has gone on um i've had to hire a babysitter i've had to hire a housekeeper and i'm very privileged to be in the position to be able to do that it works well in the roi of my home um but it is those are necessary things because those give me the time back to be able to give to my kids again i'm trying to make sure that i'm balancing that 100 percent to my family in spite of whatever else I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's such a good point too. And I want to, I want to kind of stop you there for just a second because that, that recognizing where you need to hire help where you need to bring in help is something that it took me a long time to get over. Like I would, when the, and, and it, it varies during seasons too. Like some seasons I needed help with the house because of where my kids were, because of things that were going on. That was where my bigger need was. Now I've got, you know, three adults that are in college that still sleep here basically. And, and one that's upper in high school, I don't really need help with house cleaning because we can, we can do it all real quick when we set our minds to it, but we need help in other areas. We need help with the grass. We need help with just different things around the house because you have to keep that priority. You know, I can do all of these things. I can, I can find time. I'll be stressed. I'll be, you know, stretched in too many different directions, but who really suffers and what really suffers in that is my, my mission as a parent. Am I doing that very, very well? Because you're, 
you're going to be taking time away from your kids to do those things. And so recognizing where you can bring in help of things that somebody else could do. It's the same in a corporate world. You're never going to grow if you keep doing all of the things that somebody else could do. You've got to focus on doing the things that only you can do. And that is parenting your child, shepherding their heart, that sort of thing. Somebody else can come in and mow my grass or, you know, put down mulch. Yeah, absolutely. I, I my. My big thing with my housekeeper, she comes in once a week. And also she's a mom. She's a single mom. I give her, you know, and I, I'm helping take care of her family. So I yep. hope that it is not only is it a blessing to me that she's giving me that time back, but I'm, I'm blessing her and give, allowing her to have because she works just during her daughter's school hours. So she's home with her daughter after school is done. Yep. And so it, it's it, we keep that blessing moving forward. It's the idea of living open handed instead of closed handed. Um, when we live open handed, we're helping additional other people and then more tends to come in that can then go out and, and be further our mission in this world of being right. able to help others. So that's really the, the, the first aspect of the blessing. But it's also, I, I especially for moms who stay at home full-time who aren't working, to get them over the idea that they shouldn't outsource something. I, I want to like, like, let's free them. Please outsource. That's right. Time with your kids. If there's something yep. that you can outsource and you have that ability to do that because you, we say the days are long, but the years are short, which we both know with adult children, that's very much true. Yeah. But at the same time, free yourself up during those times so that the, even though those days are long, you're savoring them, you're enjoying them. You're not yes. just surviving them. Well, absolutely. And there are some really simple things that you can outsource now um, because technology and, you know, entrepreneurism, capitalism has made all kinds of wonderful things happen or made of available. I outsource my grocery shopping a lot of time. Absolutely. I use Shipt or Instant Cart or something like that. And on my doorstep, you know, a couple of hours after I place my order, everything I need is sitting there. That saves me mega amounts of time during yeah. the week. Um, and that is something that is, it's a small expense to, to join one of those, but it is so worth it in the amount of time that I get back just by taking advantage of resources like that. Absolutely. And my children on, all my kids have iPads, um, other than like the littlest one, cause he's only three, but everybody else has iPads. They have the Walmart app on there and they just add things to the cart during the week. So when Friday yeah. rolls around, I go through the cart, I eliminate whatever garbage that they put in or we need to go. <laughs> nice try, buddy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we do not need 17 bags of salt and vinegar chips, but good, good. That was sly. Um, and so I'll go through that with, with Aldi and with Walmart. And then as soon as we're done and we've all settled on what we're going to do, we know what our meal plan for the next week is going to be. I check it out. Yep. It gets dropped up to the house. So we've done meal planning together as a family throughout the week at our own convenient times because technology has come far that we've been able to do these things. And even if we want right. to make it simpler, there's things like emails or other, you know, programs mm -hmm. like that that can make things even more simplified. It's the simplification of processes that that allow us to have that freedom back to really be able to enjoy our family. So even though like I, you know, I work a 40 hour work week. There's some times that I travel, but if my kids call me and I'm in, like I'm, I'm going to be in North Carolina in a few weeks and my kids call me and they're like, Hey, we're out of this, this, and this, I can go on Walmart and I can have it dropped off at the house or I can go right. on Sam's and get whatever they need dropped off the house. So I can still take care of my family in that respect while still being f like a full-time mom and still devoting my time to work. And so exactly. it's, it's made it a lot easier to juggle all of these 
fragile dishes. <laughs> well, it, yeah, and and it just is. It I think it's there's a lot of letting go of that martyr syndrome and recognizing that it's okay to get. In fact, it's not just okay; it's better if you're able to put some of those things off of your plate, all some of those fragile dishes, set them aside. Then you're able to really focus on the ones that truly need your attention, and you'll do it without the mindset of "woe is me, I can't possibly keep up, I'm so fried and dried out." God doesn't want us to live that way. He says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And yet we just keep piling stuff on ourselves. It's not ours to bear. Absolutely. And if you look at, because I mean, we've we've been around the Christian homeschooling world for a lot of years and watched a lot of the migration on, on the path of what biblical womanhood looks like. But if we go back to the meat and potatoes of Proverbs 31, she was a woman of industry. She was a woman mm -hmm. who outsourced. She was a woman who of character. She was a woman who devoted her life to her family, but also to the people who are around her in her community. And, and she balanced all of these things. So when we have women who are working, there's, there's not the guilt that should be there. Like we want to assign to it. I definitely ascribe to it like a complete fool, um, but God corrected me and I'm thankful for that. Um, but it, it, when you see the industry of what the Proverbs 31 woman does, there's so much more grace than moms today are giving themselves and mm -hmm. they should be giving themselves of there's freedom here and you're helping each other when you outsource things and you're raising up another generation to see what healthy biblical womanhood looks like. Right. I, like what a privilege to be able to be at the forefront of another generation to be raised up to to take where we've arrived and then bring them even further into that deep conviction of what living as a biblical woman is. Oh, so true. And and I don't think any of us would want to pass on to our children a a martyr mindset or or one that is always behind or so disorganized or so disheveled because things are chaotic and and we bring all of this on ourselves and on our families and i found that the more chaotic i am in my thinking or in my stuff or the way that i'm managing things the more ragged out my kids are it impacts them profoundly um the way that i am managing myself and my kind of areas of influence does Absolutely. I, I absolutely agree. Um, you know, in, in my home, nine children, all have very different personalities, all have very different learning styles. And, and I've boiled it down over the years to pretty much four different types of people. You have your inventors, you have your innovators, you have your um, artists, and then you have your operations people. And so mm -hmm. if we have these four different types of people and you look at the school system, the school system is built only for the operations people. It, it, it leaves the inventors, the innovators, the artists, they're all, they all get left behind. But when we're at home and we're looking at the gifting within our children and the gifting within our family to see where they can help within the household, just seeing my children have uh, so many places that they are able to step up and help because I recognize that gift of you're an innovator, you're an operations mm -hmm. person, you're an inventor, you're you're the artist and, and allowed them to be within that. They can see the balance within our home of how we can keep the wheels on the bus and going down the road without yeah. everybody being burnt out because we're not allowing. I, I My life motto is that everybody is created for such a time as this in the image of God. With, there are no mistakes and every one of their strengths and their weaknesses are perfectly catered to what their 
um, goals are supposed to be in life. And we hyper focus on the weaknesses as if the weaknesses were what we were supposed to focus on. But if we leave our weaknesses to be weaknesses, other people's strengths make up for those weaknesses. And if we focus on our strengths, yeah. our strengths become stronger. And that's what's going to create the true team of family. That's what's going to create the team of them then going on in life and recognizing, oh, that's just their weakness. Maybe I can speak into that. Or they have that strength and I might be fighting that weakness and creating that own burnout in my own life, not recognizing it. And a lot of moms are trying, they're getting burnt out in that weakness. They're getting burnt out in, in trying to hyper-focus on, well, this woman said that I need to clean like this and I need to make sure this is organized over here and I need to be able to do this over here. And we end up getting scattered because we're not focusing on our strengths. We're focusing on our weaknesses. But if we outsource our weaknesses and we focus on our strengths, how much more can our families thrive as a whole? Oh, no question. And I love the fact that you, you've you really just repositioned over the course of the last 20 minutes or so we've been talking, you've repositioned this working at home and, and you know, the, the, the way that we may look at it from a burden and something that is um, impossible to something actually that is positive, that allows us to, to utilize what God has given us to do in a very positive way for our, for our family and to train them to be independent, like you noted, and, and to be self-starters and to, to really lean into their strengths to help, but also to recognize that you know, if it's not your strength, you find somebody who can come alongside and, and bear those burdens, whatever way it looks. And and that is a phenomenal, I think, juxtaposition of the way that we're, we've been taught to think in that we do have to do it all. And if we're having to work outside, this is such a horrible thing for our family. With the right perspective and with your eyes on what God has called you to do, it can be a great thing for your family because he makes no mistakes. And if he calls you to work, then that's part of his plan and it's a good good plan for you and your family yeah i i there it, being able to step into that mindset um it took time and there was some grieving there's grieving that goes when you yeah. are get letting go of a fixed mindset and moving into a more flexible mindset and and moving more into what god created you to be that you didn't see and were maybe fighting. Um, I definitely went through a grief process, which is very normal. Mm -hmm. And I've talked to other moms who, as they've shifted to work, whether it's outside the home or working from home or starting businesses, there's a, a, almost the death of a dream of, but I wanted to be this right. kind of mom to be at home. And, and, and that's okay. It's okay to allow that dream die, to die because it wasn't what God intended. And it's right. so much better to walk in what God intended you to individually do. Um, but I've also seen the opposite. I've seen moms. I, I know several moms who've walked away from teaching or they've walked away from being a physician and go grieving all of this school. What am I going to do with this? And then, and they grieve that and then the Lord opens up all these other doors that they can use that exact yep. same in a different place, in a different way in his will. And so it, it's amazing when you allow yourself the freedom to be able to thrive where he has you, um, even if it doesn't yep. look like what you wanted it to look like, it is, it's a wonderful, sometimes difficult place to be. <laughs> It really is. And we get to learn to trust him more fully. As, as a believer, you get to, to draw nearer to Jesus, draw nearer to his plan, understand it better when it doesn't look like what you thought it would. And when you are forced, like all of the props are taken away and it's just, trust me, trust yeah. me, trust me. That's a wonderful place to be. And 
we're far too inclined to fight it rather than lean into this savior and this father who loves us so well and wants only the best for us as he's refining us and making us more like himself. Um, so I, I'm so grateful of, of you bringing that up. We are running out of time and I wanted to get to a couple of other things before we do. This has been a, an awesome conversation, but I, I wanted, you mentioned flexibility in, as you were talking in that last little bit. And as you know, I, I have worked since we started Teach Them Diligently at differing, differing ways. It's looked different, you know, differing amounts of time through the years, depending on my family's needs at the time and Teach Them Diligently's needs at the time, honestly. But I, you know, the Lord has called a lot of me as well that I wasn't expecting him to. And flexibility is one of those things that I have learned very clearly needs to be part of my DNA. What have you found, you know, to be, or, or why have you found flexibility to be so important? And how does that look within your family? Flexibility looks like uh, constantly evaluating, not constantly, but but nearly constantly evaluating. Yeah. Are we doing what's going to get us to where we need to be? And so I, I kind of reverse engineer my life off of what I want my final life to look like. Like I've asked the Lord for 107 years. I'm like, give me 107 years because I have way too much to do. Um, but like, <laughs> what do I want that to look like far down the road? What do I want my last Thanksgiving to look like? I call it my Thanksgiving vision. Who do I want around the table? What do I want to accomplish? Mm. And, and then when I look at what I'm doing presently, I, I look, is this getting me closer to that goal, further away from that goal? Um, and, and if not, what do I need to pivot and, and what do I need to be flexible in? Because if I can continue to, I don't want to continue to go off the path. It's like the idea of, you know, when you go a little bit off the path, a little bit off the path brings you way further off the path. Yeah. But sometimes we need to know what that end goal is. What is that end place? What is that? What are the things that desires? And ultimately I want to be in God's will, wherever it is at the end, I want to be right in God's will. I want to be there. And he's like, you didn't miss anything and be like, yes. Hmm. Um, but in order to get there, it has to be flexible because most of the time it doesn't make sense or it's hard or it's struggles. And yeah. I've, it, it's the idea of becoming flexible, even if it's scary and then seeing God show up every single time. That's where we learn that flexibility is in that, that trust, that blind faith of, yeah. all right, Lord, I'm going to hold my breath. You are my parachute. Where are we going? I'm going to jump. You just show me where we're going. And just then mm. just knocking on doors, knocking on doors. If it opens, it's for you. If it doesn't open, that's fine. It's okay. It wasn't rejection. It just wasn't your door. And, and be right. flexible as you go down the path from that aspect. And so sometimes I can see the mirrors in my children of where I'm not being flexible. Um, again, that's why they're great little mirrors for our blind spot. Um, <laughs> but for the most part, learning that flexibility is just, it's by faith. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Amen. It really is. And, but the, the more we lean into that, the, the less we fight uh, against it, the better off everything is going to be because in that flexibility, it allows God to work so much more clearly than if we are fighting him and putting up, you know, our own volunteer, or our own roadblocks of our own making mm -hmm. all along the way. So it's, it's so important to be flexible, but it's also important, I think, as, um, as, especially as working homeschool moms, but really in any arena, arena that you're in, it's important to be flexible, but also to have goals. Because if you don't know where you're going, then nothing's going to make sense. You're going to be floating all over the place because you don't have a clear path. So, so what, how have you found, I love how you re, noted you reverse engineer everything. And that last Thanksgiving was such a good, 
Oh, such a good visual. Yeah. Um, but what what are some of the goals that you have set and and how important have you found to have those out there um, as you've kind of been managing your family and your homeschool and your work and everything else? Yeah, I so one of the ways that I do is is I focus, I have to look at it individually with my kids. I, I have three dyslexic kids because the Lord has a sense of humor and he was like, here, this is easy. <laughs> um, and so when I when I realized my kids were going to be later learners. Um, I threw out grade mm. levels. I said, grade levels are stupid. I, I just go by levels now. And, and when you're done with one, we move on to the next one because I'm not, I'm going to keep that that right tension. I don't want to be pushing so hard that your arms fall off, but at the same time, I'm not going to be mm. relaxed if you don't learn anything. And so keeping that right tension on. And then the goal is, I know what you need to know when you graduate. That is where we're going. That's what, so we're, again, we're reverse engineering and the metrics of the traditional school system make sense for the school system, but they don't always make sense for home. They, if you're mass educating, then yes, you need those specific yearly metrics in order to make sure everybody's good. When you're at home, you're making sure that that child is advancing, just continuously advancing and, and keeping that again, the right tension on that child. And that involves flexibility because I have some that have taught themselves how to read and how to potty train and how to, you know, jump off everything and be daring. I have other ones who are nervous about everything, um, delayed readers or whatever other struggles I have. There's definitely a sprinkling of ADHD in this house. And so I just decided I don't <laughs> want to live by labels. Um, these are just mm -hmm. your strengths and your weaknesses. And, and we live in that idea of strengths and weaknesses. And we live in the flexibility of both your strengths and weaknesses and where we push ahead and where we don't. And so I have some kids that are three levels up in history because they're voracious readers and I can't get them to stop, yep. but they're right at level on math. And that's completely right. fine because the goal is I want you to know all of this by the time you leave. And so it, that's, that's kind of keeping that metric in my mind. Um, but also for me as a career, you know, I'm, I'm in tech, I'm in, I'm, I'm an account executive. There's different goals that I want to attain within my career. You know, there's the content creation where I want to go with creating content, writing books, and eventually doing whatever else, wherever the Lord leads me in that and, and trying to pass down all of the wisdom that I've learned because I've had to break things and put them back together. But keeping <laughs> the flexibility of that, um, it, it just becomes so second nature once you allow yourself the freedom and flexibility, that freedom yeah. to allow God to dictate the path of, you know, mm -hmm. where we're going to go next. It's, I, I, it's going to be look different in every family. There's, there's no, and I know we all want the recipe. What is, well, especially the type A people. I want to know the exact same steps of exactly how we're going to get there. And sometimes we have to learn that for ourselves, learn that flexibility, and then just see where we're going and figure out how our brains work within that flexibility in our homes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't, couldn't agree more. Allowing the Lord to lead, but knowing what he has called you to do is going to really inform all of those decisions that you make. Even if he doesn't give you that recipe, he doesn't give you that roadmap for every step of the way. He's given you this vision and then you allow that vision to dictate your smaller goals and all along the way. And it's going to remove an awful lot of frustration and fear and anxiety and all of the things that, that tend to overwhelm us when we don't really have an idea where we're going, when we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants. Yeah. This is, we, we need to keep every decision that we make big or small in line with 
our mission and what God has called us to do. And that makes all of these smaller things really seem what they are. And that is small in the grand scheme of things, um, because what we're doing with our children, what we're doing within our within our homes is so much long term than even, you know, a decision on a math curriculum for a year. In the grand scheme of things, not even going to matter when you look back on it. Um, so, well, Jen, I am. I this has been so helpful. We're running out of time, but I want you to tell everybody where they can find you, and you know a little bit more about what you've got going on on TikTok, um, and you know the things that you share there, so that I can make sure that we give all kinds of links and they can connect with you to follow up on this because I'm sure they're going to want to. Sure, absolutely. So I'm both on TikTok and I'm on Instagram um, at, at Jen Hoskins. You can find me on either one there. Um, also, JenHoskins.com is my website. I have, uh, a, we're working on a homeschooling course, like a homeschool 101, just a very easy course to go through. A parenting course uh, should be up here within, and, and hopefully a parenting book. Uh, all of those things are in the works. Um, so there's plenty to come. Uh, but for right now, I do have some general lists on there of things I, uh, I recommend to be able to get to create a learning home, a learning lifestyle home. Um, and so there's Amazon links and such. So you, you can find me all around there and then ask any questions. I'm always open to questions. Um, I think that the people who follow me give me the best content because I want to be able to feed them, <laughs> um, out of the things that I screwed up. I want, I want them to get the wisdom so that they don't have to screw it up too. <laughs> well, amen, amen, amen. If we can pass that along and save them some steps, it's a wonderful thing. Um, and you're, you're, i very rarely on TikTok. I have it on my phone because Teach Them Diligently has a very low used one. <laughs> um, but I have thoroughly enjoyed, thoroughly enjoyed following you there, hearing your answers. You have a great way of, of concisely getting to the heart of the matter to those questions. So I can definitely see how God has used that to expand your reach on TikTok and to, to really bless a whole lot of people over there. And that's exciting to see. So congratulations on that. That's that's really awesome the way that God is using you there. I accidentally did this. So uh, we'll see where he leads. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, Jen, thank you so much for spending the time with us here today. This has been, I think, really, really helpful and hopefully very encouraging to all those who've listened in. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome to everybody else. Thank you guys for spending your time with us today. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. I am confident that the things that Jen has shared and the experiences that she's passed along is is actually eye-opening and has been really helpful and encouraging for you. Be sure that you look her up on TikTok, on Instagram, go to her website, find those resources. Um, she has a lot more to offer than we had the time to talk about in this 45 minutes. Um, so make sure that you check her out there. Remind you, go check out Alpha Omega Publications at AOP.com. They have some great resources. We've used some of their curriculum during the years, and they always score high in our homeschool family favorites. So make sure you check those out if you're looking for uh, a wide variety of options on curriculum. They are, they are there to serve your family. Have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently, so we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events, and then throughout the year when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community. 
Check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.